This is a quick disclaimer. Although the wise investor is trying to educate people on personal finance, what we talk about on the show is not actually financial advice for your personal and unique situation. Before trying to do anything with your money, always consult a professional. Hey, this is Anthony. And I'm Sal. And you're listening to the Wise Investor Podcast, where we help Canadians become more financially literate one post at a time. This is what they did not teach you in school. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School. We have today Danielle and Christina joining us. Thank you for coming on the show today. It's a great pleasure. Um, Before we get started, a little word from our sponsors. Thank you to King Street Media for putting together all the video work and all of our digital marketing. Now, I want to thank both of you guys for coming on. It's a great pleasure. Danielle and I have known each other for a couple years now. Shout out to Mikey, my good friend. I recently met Christina at Saturday Social a month ago, was it? How yeah, long ago? we had it. Yeah, it's about two months ago now, in March. You were one of the panelists on the social media panel. Yes. That's right. And how did you two meet each other? We uh, met through Instagram. Yeah. Through Instagram, through like Instagram. Well, you DM'd her, who d- DM'd no, each no, other first. Into, I don't remember. We didn't really slide into each other's DMs. Just kind of like we always commented on each other's yeah. stuff. Um, and then eventually <coughs> met at an event. We still why, don't know what event. Why honestly. did you guys comment comment on the other on each other's stuff? Like just liked it. Just yeah. liked it, yeah. and then it was it was love ever since. Loved her vibe. So. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked her vibe and yeah, so then we 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 say we met on Instagram because we didn't meet organically at an event first. We met yeah. on Instagram and then met in real life. At- and then you guys went on a trip together. Yeah, which we went I on followed our first along trip. With. Yeah. <laughs> we went to Paris Fashion Week together. Very romantic. Paris. Was- mm-hmm. <laughs> But it was Love it was it was a lot of fun. It was great. We yeah, stayed in Airbnb. It was our first like time going to Paris together and during Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. Um, and your first like Fashion Week sort of. Yeah, I uh, did in Europe, right? Well, no, I did a Milan Fashion Week. Oh yes. But it was my first Paris Fashion Week, which is so different and the mecca in my mind. Oh, of, like all fashion weeks. Is it actually? Yeah. It is. It is. Why? Well, I guess because France is so. Yeah. So next level. <laughs> Everyone, everyone is there at that time. The, it's just a different atmosphere. It's so fun. There's parties. There's different. even the restaurants are like, packed to the brim. And yeah. just like different than Toronto Fashion Week. <laughs> I don't even consider <laughs> Toronto Fashion Seriously? Week yeah. to Holy be shit. on the map as much. I would say, compared to New York, I've done New York Fashion Week a couple of times. It's um, definitely like the grandest. Like New York is the most. I guess feasible because it's more millennial. It's more about influencers going, not necessarily editors as much mm-hmm. in press. Mm-hmm. Um, but compared to that, it's just like a whole different game, and it's it's all like the biggest designers. So it's like YSL, like uh, just all and of the we biggest. were noticing that even so. Usually, what happens is the French designers will show in Paris, and more of the Italian designers will show Makes in sense. Milan. But mm-hmm. this time, a lot of uh, people sh- like had their shows in Paris, which was I felt like a different route than previous years. Um, it was also fall, so fall fashion week is much larger yeah. and more sort of Why is that? opulent. I don't just because fall fashion is the best, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, summer is. I mean, resorts also amazing, and summer and spring is also like spring summer is also amazing, but fall tends to be the most opulent in my. Yeah, you can, like, layer more. There's more pieces, like, in general, like, in a collection, I'd say. like. Oh, other than couture. But couture is a different level. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Well, Well, that's a whole other (laughs) podcast. All right, sure. Either of you guys know how to speak French? Un petit peu. (laughs) Okay, that's good. That's that's a little bit, I guess. I should have uh, taken it more seriously in school. Okay, cool. All right, before we dive into some of the questions that I have here, I'd love for you both to kind of uh, introduce yourselves as if uh, we don't know each other, you know, Um, and especially for the people listening back at home. uh, What has brought you here today in this room doing a podcast and a little bit about your story? Danielle, you want to start? Oh, I was going to ask Christina to start. Yeah, so... um... 
a lot of things have brought me here, but throughout my journey of education and my work experience, um, I just decided that I wanted to be my own boss and develop a brand. Um, so currently, I'm working as a stylist and content creator. Um, and What made you want to do that? What made me want to be my own boss? Well... Not even your own boss. I understand the the kicks of being your own boss, but, but particularly in the industry that you chose. Well, so my schooling is directed towards marketing. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to U of T and then um, proceeded to do a master's program in like fashion communication. So more directed towards luxury and fashion. Um, so. I always had an interest in marketing and always had an interest in fashion. So kind of molding those two things um, as one. So developing myself as a stylist. Um, so I work with clients and some brands as well. Um, but throughout my journey, I actually really do enjoy working with clients because I like building that one-on-one -on -one relationship that lasts. I understand that. Um, and as a content creator, it kind of happened organically because I figured, you know, I need to build myself as a brand. Um, especially in today's market and today's kind of how the landscape has changed. So um, building myself as a brand, I've also become a content creator and then partially um, I consult on, I have some clients that I consult with on social media and content creation and then I have my own platform that I do that as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. And what, but what, everyone has like a story, like something happened in their life mm. uh, or maybe someone influenced <laughs> you. To, to like um, to like what what made you want to go into fashion of all things in this world fashion I, I just always like both, loved fashion like both of you are good at it you guys well, dress well which I can learn from for sure <laughs> but uh, what made you want to do that I ever since I, I don't really rem can't pinpoint a specific person I just always loved the People, so to me, fashion is a mix of all different creative industries. So, you know, there's inspiration from art, fine, like be it fine art, be it film, um, you know, history. There are so many different levels of fashion that people are just like, oh, it's the way you dress. But if you look at the history of fashion, there's so much more um, so much more that you can say about fashion like you know it actually created a landscape you know like the punk culture and 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 um you know the trickling up trickling down like it it creates a time and a period and um people relate and they remember a period through fashion through trends through all of these things it actually kind of is more than just the way you look what you wear. I yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think that's an that's, interesting perspective. I like well, that. Well, it's it's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, like when I was in, you know, also learning uh, fashion in a more um, European sense as opposed to a North American sense, I think that actually there's uh, two different views. Like, you know, in North America, they see fashion as a more sort of commercial, linear um thing or entity and in Europe it's more of like you know this culture this old history how we can um, it's a yeah so it, it, there are two different views I like that because when yeah. you when people say like oh remember the 90s the first thing I think about is like baggy yeah. jeans and like or like yeah. you know Tommy Hilfiger t-shirts you know stuff like that or like I, that's the first thing that I think about like clothing when I think about like certain periods of time. But it's also that it's like, okay, where did that come from? Where did that idea stem from? Tommy didn't just, you know, it, that comes from history. He pulled stuff from movies. He, um, I'm not saying him specifically, but I'm just saying a period in time has always been developed. And that's why the fashion wheel continues to turn. And that's why the 90s is coming back is because yeah. you always pu pull inspiration from the past. Hmm. Um, so for me, fashion is a way of expression it's a way of um, bringing all of these artistic things and expressing it. So it's not just about like, okay, you're putting that jacket on, but it's something more than that in my viewpoint. And also it's like you can, you can go to the opposite end of the spectrum and say, you know, you're anti-fashion and that's still fashion. Mm -hmm. To me, fashion is just a way of labeling an expression. Um, and then from there, you know, you can really take fashion however you want it like you have a different you know me and Christina we're both into fashion we may have different opinions but at the same time like 
her style is different than my style, but it's also the same. I feel like I'm going so philosophical. With it. It's so meta. But I love yeah, it. like it's, and, and that's like you know, I don't know. What do you think? Okay, Christina. I like, think you want to like take a course on all of this. <laughs> well, like I took a course in school that it was my favorite course, and it was the psychology of fashion. And psychology all we, of fashion. Yeah, and all we studied were artists. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, performance art, um, you know, physical pieces, fine art. And it put, like, it changed my mind about how to look at the world, how to look at people. Um, yeah, it really changed my view of what fashion is. And so I guess from when, a, a small age, going back to, like, what kind of stem that was, at first, you know, it's the attraction to making things look pretty. And I always thought, you know, would draw and, you know, think I would want to make my own pieces one day. And that's still a dream of mine. But... You know, and also the landscape of fashion, like, you know, you can be a designer, you can be a tailor, you can be a seamstress, you can be an, a, an illustrator, you can be a stylist, you can be, like, there are so many, people just think, oh, you're a fashion designer, and, like, that's all you do. But you don't understand, like, the team behind somebody, the team behind a brand. There are so many different facets that you can do in the fashion world. Um yeah, that are vastly different. Thank you for that. That actually made uh, my perspective on fashion. Really? Did in that, I in that, in that two minutes that? there, I don't know. I'm going to ask you a little bit about my fashion later on. Yeah. Some selfish tips and tricks for all the guys watching. But we'll get to that in a bit. So, Christina, yes. tell us a little bit about your history. Because I actually, you and I don't know each other that well. And I'd love to hear a little bit about what your journey is. You said you actually lived around here uh, when you were younger. Yeah. And and so what brought you here? What is, what's your what's your story about? So, I guess in a similar sense, like, the reason I'm into fashion is because of, like, how it makes me feel and how you can project yourself to other people which is kind of the name of my brand like we are living art mm -hmm. like you are what you wear so your your body is like a canvas in the sense that you decide like how you want to project yourself into the world and like and how people kind of look at you and see you so um do you think that's always accurate not necessarily but it's also a good way to like mask maybe what you are and who you are like hmm. and projecting something else because you don't want people to necessarily know exactly who you are i don't know it can yeah. kind of work both ways but everyone judges a book by its cover anyway right it's realistically that so <laughs> um but yeah so i started my blog because i was actually in a course at school i took a summer program in transpotting and one of our projects was to start a website so I started that and then I went back into my second year university and kind of continued it along and turned Where'd it Where did you go? Uh, I went to Laurier, Wilfrid Laurier. Something related to this? No, communication studies. Okay. I was bored actually so I really got into my blog because I had okay. so much extra time right. and um, I started creating you know like weekly blog posts so I would get up on the weekends I, I, I kind of created like relationships with photographers in Waterloo because there's not many, as you can imagine. Um, and I would shoot, you know, like three or four looks, and then I would post on my blog twice a week, so I'd have like five or six high-res images and then a little blurb about what I was wearing or something. And I did that for a while, and then when Instagram started, I kind of got into that and um, started taking it more seriously probably six to eight months later and kind of maintained it throughout school as like a passion project. And... Cool. Um, and how have how have you grown over the last like two years? Has it been been mainly the the blog that you've been doing, or has it been from your Instagram account posting pictures and stuff? What has been the main driver? Yeah, so at one point I stopped using my blog because a, it was a little hard to maintain in terms of like staying on top of it with schoolwork and all that stuff, and Instagram was starting to get really big. So I was yeah, like, how long ago was that? Um, I would say I like started my Instagram second year into university and I've been graduated for like two years so four years ago about four years it started as like a health food Instagram and really? then it was like me posting once a week as fashion stuff and then finally I was like okay I have to do this more what made you want to do the whole fashion thing is it different from Danielle's meta philosophical view on fashion or um when I was <laughs> oh I gotta God. throw a couple rib shots at you I'm sorry no, we're only getting started yeah <laughs> I um I always as cheesy as it sounds like had a passion for the fashion industry as a kid I was always like very into it it always took me so long to get ready 
um, because like <laughs> I just love getting dressed and like it's also a blessing that I went to a Catholic school that had uniform because if not, I don't know how I wow. would have done it. Um, but I really, I really just like enjoyed fashion and I liked it because of the self-expression element as well. And um, <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of why I decided to pursue it. I always thought, oh, maybe I'll be like a fashion designer when I grow up, but I never thought of that seriously so when blogging became a thing I was like oh this is more realistic mm -hmm. which is kind of funny now because I kind of am a fashion designer <laughs> in a way because I'm my own line but okay um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that yeah so in my what made you want to start it what is the fashion line in my third or fourth year at school for a semester um there was an entrepreneurship course that I took which is probably the one thing that like really educated me in school and that I kind That's of sad. used to now. <laughs> no hate on Laurier, but um, it just wasn't my program, not yeah. fit for me. So I took a course in entrepreneurship and the whole course was based around um, creating a business model and like throughout the, I guess, semester, updating your business model, testing your market um, and seeing if you could create like a minimum viable product that people would want. Mm -hmm. So I started with like, oh, I'll just apply and do a fashion line as like an example because I really just wanted to learn how to maybe start a business more than anything and it slowly turned into picking a more niche market because I was going to do maybe men's clothing because I saw a gap for affordable men's clothing that isn't Zara but like that's probably true that is that is what made you not want to do that then well I was like oh I already have this Instagram page and I had like 6,000 followers and I was like okay if I can just were they mainly women yeah okay yeah so that's why I was like okay if I do this men's clothing line then my platform will have no you know way to convert my audience or not mm -hmm. have a high rate of conversion so then I was like let me try something more niche and think of a women's product and bodysuits were just coming back in so I was like okay let's let's do bodysuits and that's kind of why I just like stuck with that idea and then it also motivated me to grow my account because I was like oh more followers on my personal then I'll just convert more people into buyers or uh, consumers and customers so and how's that been going it's not as easy as it sounds oh, we'll, uh, get to that. we'll get to that in a little bit What's what's really interesting is that you keep mention both of you actually mentioned the fact that like social media is a relatively new thing. Like if you think about it, although mm -hmm. I feel like I've been in social media for like 10 years now, yeah. but really Facebook ads weren't even a thing like two, three years ago. And Instagram was completely different from what it is right now, two and a half, three years ago as well. Because mm -hmm. when Alfio and I first started doing The Wise Investor, it was just like me on a camera like, okay, shoot, you know, they didn't have lives, they didn't have videos that you could post even on Instagram and stuff like that. They, or sorry, they did have videos, they didn't have stories and everything. So things have changed dramatically over the last like four years. Did you both start on Instagram? That's your biggest platform right now, no? Oh, now it is. I started with my blog, but let me tell you, getting followers back in the day was really easy. And it was so easy. different. Yeah. Like before the algorithms changed however many times yeah like you could get followers by following a bunch of other accounts and then like a couple of days later unfollowing them and they would still continue to follow you if they liked your content right so you'd go on like different... don't people still do that i just don't think it works and anymore at least not as well not as much i mean i started a year and a bit ago yeah. um so i kind of started when the landscape was changing or in yeah. uh in the process of changing um and it is really hard, but my view was if you have an authentic following and you have a community, that was what was important to me personally. Um, so, and at the beginning, yeah, I was stressed about, okay, the following, like, what's my following? But now I'm just come to a realization that it will come if you're authentic and people, consistent. yeah, you're consistent and, and if people, you know, I, I also think that curated content was a thing before and now more than ever people don't really want the curated content anymore people want like the real you that's why Instagram was kind of inspired by the snapchat of the world inspired mm -hmm. by the Twitter because that's how Instagram developed their stories right like they kind of mimicked what snapchat was right. doing and felt that that was more of a real life <clears throat> insider scoop of that person right so they kind of integrated that tech element into their app um, so 
yeah, people, in my opinion, people don't want curated content anymore. People want to see the real you. They want to see an authentic self. So I'm kind of just keeping that in my mind, like, don't worry, it will come and it will eventually, if you're authentic and you know, you're staying true to yourself and you're staying in your own lane and paying attention to the content that you're creating, it will eventually I could come. not agree more about that. Okay. That's very true because <laughs> yeah. some, if you just keep posting, how many times a week do you guys both post? You have like, are you consistent in that oh aspect? How many times a day? Three, well, what, how many times a day, not yeah. how many times a week? How many times yeah. a day you post? Yeah. No, oh, I guess that's true. One to two day, two posts a day. Two posts I a day. I want to do more sometimes, but I know it's not going to yeah. get yeah. engagement as much as I shouldn't care about that as much. Yeah. It sucks when like you're showing a brand, say your insights, and because you posted like three times in one day and each photo gets like maybe True. Yeah. a couple hundred likes, it takes the balance away from like the rest of your when, content. When a brand does reach out to you, because mm-hmm. I'm guessing they do, um, uh, how do they do that and what in what kind of stuff are they looking for when you when they're, you said insights? like Yeah, um, it really depends. Some brands, they'll reach out, they'll say, hey, we have this campaign in mind and these are the deliverables and then you can normally send back your your rates Mm -hmm. sometimes they don't ask for insights um, but i think depending on how big the brand is or the kind of budget that they're looking to kind um, allocate to this campaign they'll probably want to see a little bit more information so say it's a women's clothing line and like you're women a female but like 80 percent of your audience is male probably not gonna want to work with you as much as someone who has a higher female audience which is also why it's really important to distinguish influencers and that that word is just so like yeah uh, like to me because a hot instagram model is not a blogger you know (laughs) it's just not the same thing thank you for bringing that up perfect segue into the next question (laughs) okay i want to ask you in your opinion (laughs) what does the word influencer mean to you because we started with danielle last time you can go ahead and take a stab at this Okay, so to me, the word influencer is someone who obviously has some sort of influence on somebody, on their decisions, or on the choices that they make. That being said, it's important to identify like who really is an influencer, and I really like to use the word creator now just because that word has gotten so lost, for myself mm-hmm. at least. And I think that if you have like some sort of ability to, it's not manipulating, but affecting the way someone thinks about something or a decision that they're going to make, you need to make sure that you're doing it in the right way and that you're not like tricking them or that you're not like, there's no like sort of maliciousness involved. Well, you could influence people in a negative and positive way. So I agree with you. That's true. Yeah. And like, just because you're, you know, just when you have a platform, I think it's important to really be aware of like what you're put like pushing out into you know into the public or into the world and to your audience um because you don't want to come off inauthentic and just like trying to sell for a quick dollar you know you don't want to just like post affiliate links every like Mm -hmm. story that you have wearing something just to make a quick buck unless your audience is like oh my god where did you get that and you're like okay they Mm -hmm. really want this i've seen people i've seen people that do that they sell out in a way yeah what is in what is being I, an influencer mean to you i agree what is the word influencer? so yeah so it's interesting because if people keep in mind that if you're authentic and you're i guess being a creator that's authentic and and serving your audience well you have to also understand that it's a business and you have to also understand <coughs> that influencers are now the advertisers so yes. you know if you're taking a company that used to advertise in magazines they used to advertise <coughs> on billboards they used to advertise on tv the influencer or the content creator i want to use that word as well is serving that purpose so if you're saying it's the same type of thing like advertising being responsible responsible advertising now the content creator their job is to be authentic with their audience and and as a follower you also have the ability to pick and choose who you're following Mm -hmm. so if you don't necessarily think the person you're following is authentic then i would just say unfollow them them, right so hopefully the followers are following people that they relate to and and that they you're serving a purpose to your followers yeah that they Um, find value in exactly so for me when i think about a content creator i think about it as you know you're taking the place of of 
of the advertiser and you're serving that purpose. So it is a, it is a business, but that doesn't say that you're being inauthentic. You're still being authentic. You should still work with brands that you want to work with. You should, you know, turn down, I've turned down um, things that I just don't see value in or I don't personally consume. So I wouldn't want to, you know, promote that to my followers because if I don't consume it, then why would I share it with my followers? I see. So I, I guess feel like, I feel like line. influencers have an influencer that people call it nowadays yeah. all, has always been a thing, but now more than ever because of like digital social media and every all that <laughs> shit, people uh, have like more of a platform where anyone can call themselves an influencer. Right. Yeah. And also or a content say, creator. Sure. You can say that's a good way of spinning it. The brand was the influencer. I like it because back in the day, celebrities used to be the influencers. Nike used to get yeah. Michael Jordan to promote their stuff. Now Nike is looking for like small-time micro-influencers yeah. in order to try and like get yeah. people to get people to buy Nike shoes. Well, of course, the budget is like tremendously less. Mm -hmm. uh, you, if you look at a campaign that was done for my, Nike, not only do you need a pr production crew, you need a creative crew, you need an advertise, you know, you need maybe consult an advertising agency, you need and distribution. You, and then you, you gotta pay Michael Jordan And then you Jordan have to pay Michael bucks. Jordan. <laughs> yeah, so why not get content creators that are way cheaper? That's why when people kind of, you know, say, oh, you got paid even 10,000, I mean, we're, I'm not at that stage, but let's say even $10,000. To me, people, when people are, are saying, oh, that's such a large figure, that's not a large figure because if you times that by, even if they're getting 20 creators, that is a fraction of the cost that a hmm. large production advertising campaign would, would Interesting. cost. Have you both, uh, have you both, uh read that article that recently came out, I think yesterday, where they were like, their Instagram is um, gonna try taking away likes. likes. Did I didn't both... read it, but I saw it. Did you see this too? I read, yeah, I thought you were gonna bring up another one where Instagram is implementing uh, a shopping thing, but we'll get into that. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, um, I did read about that, and I personally think that for us creators to push out content that you love and for people to like, like it based on, you know, their just their pure opinion of like whether they like it or not would be good because then we kind of get an idea for what people like. Because I honestly think that some people like certain things on Instagram based on who else is like them that maybe they follow. Hmm. You know, so it'd be interesting, interesting to see. I think they should do like a two-week trial. Like I'd be comfortable with like a two-week <laughs> trial of not having anyone see your likes because eventually a brand's obviously going to ask to see your engagement if they want to work with you, right? So it, you can't avoid it for that because for campaigns it's necessary to know your right. your impressions and your insights yeah. but um i don't know i think it's an interesting thing and it would definitely be cool to like try out i think socially it would be an interesting thing bullying mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff that like high school kid anybody really goes through it would help a lot with like likes and everything but on a business perspective I don't know. Well, uh, I'd, I'd, it would be an interesting experiment. It would be more work for the brands because you won't just be able to see the engagement when you, right. you know, find a profile. Right. So you're trying to... All the, all the scientific methods that we use in order to analyze someone's engagement on a post would go out the window or it'd be more difficult. All right, so you mentioned the Instagram online shop. Very cool. Yes. Have any of you guys had experience with e-commerce or selling anything online? I know you kind of done that too, right? Yeah, well, with my brand, um, we actually launched as an e-commerce brand, um, so totally online, and that was in November. So I've had a bit of experience with that. Um, so if you, if you could tell us a little bit about that experience and how micro-influencers are content creators and like Facebook's like where you click on the, on the, I was actually asking you about this at Saturday Social actually, when you click on the Instagram post and you can actually like buy stuff through Instagram and Facebook, has that, has that worked at all with you? What has been your experience with that? So actually on, on the side of my, my brand Lorena, I haven't been able to implement that feature. I keep getting like no from Instagram and I think it's because really? the photos on my Instagram page for it are a little too like, I don't know, they're not raunchy, but they're a little bit like you see butts and stuff. But like, it's honestly a bodysuit, so you're gonna see the female body. You're gonna see boobs, you're gonna see some butt. And it's not like, okay. I don't know, oh. it's not bad. Like you've really, seen it. Eh? Yeah, so, I, think that was a th I mean. I don't know, they, I have to figure that out. So my friend's like, maybe we'll just like take the Instagram down, connect the site and the Facebook, and then let them accept you and then kind of go into it. But hmm. on 
Like personally, I think Instagram, the shoppable feature has been, I don't know, I think it works really well. Personally, as a consumer, when someone that I follow, you know, is wearing something and then I go onto the brand and I like click it, um, if I really like it and it's not like over $200, I'll probably just buy it right then and there. And it does work. I think fascinating. I'm the ideal consumer. Fascinating, <laughs> but, fascinating. Yeah, it definitely works for me. Well, you also have, as a consumer, have the responsibility to follow people that you want to follow. So for me, it's user-friendly. It's consumer-friendly. If I'm following your brand and I'm and I like a bodysuit, I want to be able to purchase it as fast as possible in yeah. the most like user-friendly way. So... Okay. They should definitely accept you. <laughs> I know. We're trying to figure it out with my developer, but it's, it's been a little annoying. Danielle. Yes. Um, so let's talk. I've been, we've been to the last two Saturday socials. I want yes. to talk a little bit about that. What made you sure. want to start Saturday social? Okay. Where'd you get the name from it? From it? Yeah. Um, so it started as a conversation with me and my co-founder, Mackenzie. Shout out, Mackenzie. Um, we felt uh, the entrepreneurial journey was very lonely. We felt like it was very internal. We felt as though um, it was a great, so we, so it's interesting. So Mackenzie and I actually went to the same high school. Uh, we went to the same uh, undergrad at U of T and then she proceeded to copy, no, I'm just kidding. She went to also the same universe, international, <laughs> No, yeah, she came, she went that. to uh, Polymoda, the um, international university that I went to, after I had graduated, after I had moved home, and and then when she came back from living in Paris, I believe at the time, uh, we had scheduled like an hour meeting, uh, and we talked for about six hours. Like we talked all night, and it was like 11:30, and um, we were like, okay, we need to go home. So basically, what we discussed was, you know, the entrepreneurial journey, our different perspectives. Um, what we thought as a consumer, what we thought as a new entrepreneur, and what we discovered was that we were both really lonely. We both had so many ideas. We both felt kind of not validated. We really wanted to, you know, be resilient and keep on going, but we felt like there wasn't really a community set up in Toronto for it. So we decided to create this event that we kind of bring together creatives and also business, like not saying that creatives aren't you know, a business savvy, but be it um, you find maybe a partner, you have an idea and you maybe find an investor or, you know, just learning from each other as entrepreneurs and feeling accepted, feeling validated, feeling like, you know, quitting your corporate job was a good choice. Uh, quitting that stability was a good choice and yeah. not feeling alone with your thoughts and feeling lonely every day working by yourself to develop a brand. I, I We really felt that that was... A gap, there was a gap um, in the market, and so we decided to create Saturday Social TO, and um, we decided to do it in Toronto, because obviously we're based in Toronto, and we wanted to do it in the morning because we felt like a breakfast event was um, something that resonated with us, as opposed to doing more of a cocktail-style event. I, so, I, yeah, I want to say that Saturday Social, I absolutely love it for Thanks. a couple reasons. One... I agree that I've been working with I've been working with entrepreneurs and as an entrepreneur for the last six years now, mm -hmm. and it gets very lonely. Uh, CEO and entrepreneurship mental health is like a serious thing because not many people understand why you're doing it. They don't understand the risk that you're taking, the lifestyle that you've chosen, and the mentality that a lot of entrepreneurs have compared to like a lot of the majority of society. Mm -hmm. So one, putting people together, especially in Toronto, yeah. big thing. I really like that. You're right there, Alfio? Yeah, sorry. No worries, Bello. So then so then also the second thing is that in Toronto specifically, entrepreneurship is actually a pretty new thing. Like five years ago, incubators and like venture capitalists in Toronto weren't even a thing. In the last five years, they've been popping up all over the place. So sweet. I love it that you're bringing everyone together like that. Third thing is that it's in the morning. I'm still not convinced on that entirely because I've had to wake up really early the last two times. It's to not come. that early. It starts at 10 o'clock. So I don't know. It feels like know. I'm getting there at like 8 a.m. probably because. On or, Saturday, yeah. <laughs> on Saturday, when I'm like out on a Friday night having to wake oh up. Yeah, but we're. The last time I was so like a dazed. Thank God you had that juice there. It really helped me with my hangover. Yeah, yeah. But no, I like it because the people that are there are actually committed as opposed yeah. to like coming out just for a drink or whatever. Right. And, I, and it's. We also developed it in, in terms of, you know, 
I mean, for me, like I, I need to get better with a sleeping schedule and more regimented. Like that's also a challenge as an entrepreneur is you kind of choose your own schedule. So if you're more of a night owl, like I do a lot of creative work at night. So I tend to go to bed late. I think a lot of creative people might be like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, for us, we really wanted to get people that were really interested in the event. So we decided that if you're not interested, you're not going to come out at 9 30, 10 o'clock in the morning so on a true. Saturday. And also, you know, we wanted people that had that mindset that had that, you know, go getter mindset, the same as us, you know, that resilience that, you know, we want to make this work. No is not an answer. So that's why we decided to do a morning event. We really wanted that brunch sort of element. And also it's more casual. It's not so uptight, right? It's eclectic. We did a lot of locations that were, you know, very sort of... I love both locations. Cool, trendy, yeah. yeah. Which now you'll see our next one is a little bit more... When is the next one? So the next one is on July 6th. Yeah. We are actually launching our ticket sales soon. Okay. So keep an eye out for that. Cool. Shameless plug. And where is it? Where is it? <laughs> uh, we're doing it at the Donalda Club. So um, it is an outdoor event because it will be in July. Love it. Um, it's, it's a beautiful space. It's more of an aspiration. So how we really wanted to um, have this event structured was you know, bringing in our creatives, bringing in our entrepreneurs and showing them an aspiring location. So it's a golf club, you know, it's very um, bougie, bougier <laughs> than our than our last location. No, your last two were very hipster. Yeah, no? very hipster. So it's a little bit more bougie. Uh, we really want to target the mindset of the entrepreneur, not necessarily the age. Um, you know, we have a lot of cool um, speakers coming in. Some people that are onto their second lives, like in terms of entrepreneurship. So they, you know, worked in, you know, the corporate world or worked in a different sector of work and then now are onto kind of like the second stage of their lives. So we're both really, Mackenzie and I are both really excited about um, yeah. this I like event. it because everyone can come together, share. You get people sharing their stories and stuff. Yeah. And people are pretty collaborative at at the last two that I've been to. Mm -hmm. So hearing different people's stories and stuff is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So yeah, if anybody who does want to come to the next event, look at uh, Danielle's Instagram. We're gonna promote it everywhere. You'll get a, you'll get a bunch. <laughs> yeah. of You'll get a bunch of views. It's like a live podcast. Yeah, I, I like that. You should uh, audio it and put it into a podcast form. We might be. We might. Yeah, okay. it might be in the works. Stay yeah. tuned. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm ahead of the game, Christina. So it says here that you have twenty thousand Instagram followers. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty. Oh, that's pretty. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, I guess. What's it? I have two questions for you. All right, so something more meta. What's it like to put yourself out there every single day for people to like judge you? How did you overcome that? And the second thing is some tactical. If you give like two tips on how you grew your Instagram account for other people to grow their Instagram account, that would be sweet. So first, I would say that um, I actually used to make my feed a lot less authentic in the sense that I wasn't as open about my personality. Yeah. Um, so it used to be a lot of photos. I don't smile a lot in photos because, I don't know, I just prefer not to. And when a, a year and a half ago, my mom was like, why don't you ever smile? Not that I do now, but in stories, I think it also gave me, gave me an opportunity to really just, like, be myself. And the video format, like, you can't hide from, you know, what you're, you look like, what you sound like, or any of that. And after getting into YouTube and then kind of bringing that video concept onto Instagram stories and being more comfortable in front of the camera, I've kind of shown like the more quirky part of my personality that I think is what differentiates me from any other, you know, girl sitting with... People like that. It's raw. Yeah. Authentic. Yeah, exactly. Raw, authentic, and like just like totally me. So um, I would say that... How did you get over that? Because it must have been tough to... to do that at the beginning you must have been super self-conscious or something I or no know. I mean honestly I have to say I haven't had any haters since starting which mm -hmm. I'm I guess thankful for I'm also really small if you really consider how big people can get on Instagram but um I'm just like for now and I think my mentality will kind of continue to be like this is just like who cares like who cares what anyone else thinks like it doesn't really matter obviously any hate is going to be a reason that you're doing something right you know right. someone is like oh my god she blah 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 it's like it's because they're jealous i mean i haven't had that personally but like <laughs> it's true hey, like, they're talking about you yeah they're talking about you it's like any pr is good pr <laughs> right true. so kind of i don't know what pr people would think about that but. yeah um so it kind of like follows that mindset but in terms of um 
two tips that I would have to grow, and these are probably ones that you guys have heard before, but I would say be consistent. Um, create like a strategy for yourself. This also like kind of feeds into other social media platforms. If you want you know, to create YouTube videos and you wanna be successful on YouTube, pick two days a week that you're gonna post your videos and post every day or every week on those two days, no matter what because people kind of know when to expect things. So when people know when to expect things is when they start following along more. And, and then when you don't post, they're like, oh shit, like where is this? Where is this content? And then they're more eager. So I think consistency would be like the number one priority in, in being successful in the social media world. And um, I That's don't, cool, I like that. I don't wanna say being authentic is the second one, but I can't get creative right now. Or pick sort of a niche or yeah okay something that so being authentic in terms of like i think yeah picking a niche don't try and do everything really well mm-hmm. try and do something more specific and just hone in on that and you know like if you obviously if you love style and you love travel and you love beauty you can incorporate a little bit of everything and certain campaigns are going to pay more in different areas but if you really love like personally i really love style more than anything i'm going to take more outfit picks even though none of those are getting me paid versus like the one I don't know sponsored makeup selfie that I post that will get me paid but just like really doing what you love because what's the point of doing it if you don't love it (laughs) I I don't I don't know for money maybe Outfield does a lot of things it'll, for money. It'll bite like. you in the butt. <laughs> yeah. We were actually I, I agree, too. That. You can't just be posting sponsored stuff all the time because really? it yeah. dilutes your brand and stuff, you know? All right. So, so far, it's been great conversation. A lot of good insight. Thank you both for kind of, like, putting yourself out there. I want to ask you because it's a big thing. Mm. And the same que- it's the same question as her. Okay. When you started and you posted your first Instagram picture, right. it must have been like, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe you're a natural entertainer or something like that, right? <laughs> you were super, maybe self-conscious. Like when I first did my first okay. podcast, I was so nervous. I didn't know what to say, consciously thinking right. about myself. When you see yourself in a picture, you notice things that the rest of the world don't notice, you know? For sure. Like I'll be like, oh, that looks so stupid, blood. And, and then everyone's like, I didn't even notice that. But you notice, yeah. you know? So how did you get past that, if you even had that problem at all? Oh, I don't even know if I'm past that. Like, at that, <laughs> I mean, of course, you're, I think you're, for me, I'm the harshest critic to myself. Right, everyone so, is. So, I mean, it's, it's staying, staying with the mindset of being consistent. Okay, I, I want to create this, con- I, I'm creating this content because I want to create this content. Like, Christina and I were having this discussion where we were, you know, you were showing me pictures from your, from LA and she was like, how sick are these? And I was like, <laughs> the same with me. I was like, look at this. And we were like, oh, was this for a brand? We're like, no, it wasn't for a brand. It was just, we were creating authentic content because we wanted to create this content. So it's keeping that in mind and trying to let go of, the judgment or let go of the imperfections and that's still something that I think everyone can work on and and even for you know Instagram videos it's the same thing for me like you know I still struggle with okay am I you know, should I curate this? Should I make this more? What's what's real? Do I use a filter? Yeah. I can have a double chin if I don't. Yeah. Is that okay? Because I've seen some girls yeah. sitting there for like forty-five minutes, going through different Instagram filters and being like, "Should it be like that yeah. or like I mean, that, Anthony?" And yeah. I'm like, honestly, I don't tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I think there Instagram is a very photo-based type of. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a photo-based and it's an aesthetic-based um, platform platform yeah business platform so yes it does it does matter that's the initial you know how we were saying judge book by its cover you know you're looking at someone's feed and you that's what initially attracts you but what keeps you there is the person Hmm. so you know there kind of has to be the marriage of the both um and that's to say who knows with this new feature of not seeing likes maybe it will create a more authentic uh platform maybe it will create an in like Maybe you'll gain more followers. Maybe you'll lose followers. Mm-hmm. Who knows what will will come about it? But be an ex- interesting experiment. I think so. I'm really curious because also I feel like you know you'll be able to as the user see the the likes and yeah. see the insights. So it'll be interesting also for when brands reach out, like like you were saying, 
um, it will be a lot of, of back and forth and negotiation in terms of, you know, this is actually my engagement. I deserve this or, yeah. um, I don't know. All right, quick speed round for you. Oh, no. This is the rules of it, all right? Okay. I'm going to, we're just going to kind of compare and it's, uh, you only get a one word answer. If you want to make it a two word answer or a three word answer, fine, but you're breaking the rules. Okay. I want it to be a one word answer. Okay. So you guys both traveled a little bit. You've uh, traveled to the States, UK, the United Kingdom, I believe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You have? Yeah. You? Yeah, yeah I've traveled quite a bit. All right, Europe, Asia. Have you had any of you been to no, Asia I before? Been to Asia. You've been to Asia? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to ask you that question. Okay. All I want to know in one word answer, what's the difference? I'm going to name the country between Canada oh, and this other place. No, I don't think that's possible. Oh my We're gosh. We're going to try our very Nothing's best impossible. here. It's going to be speedy. <laughs> Ready? Speed round. Okay. Canada and the United States. Go. Wait, like in general? Yeah, in general or both fashion that you've noticed anything. Any of you guys can shoot. <laughs> you, can, you can take this. U.S. Back. bigger market. Yeah, bigger, bigger market. Yeah. Bigger. All right. Bigger. That's what you're going to go with, too. You're going to sure. copy her? Sure. Yeah, bigger. I honestly would have said bigger, too, because when I went to Texas one time, I was looking, I <laughs> yeah, was okay. looking around, and I'm not the most skinny person in the entire oh. world, but everyone was much bigger, much bigger in every sense, in every sense. Okay. Canada and the U.K. I would say posh because of the U.K. Okay. First word that comes to mind. I don't eccentric. Eccentric. Ah. Okay. Canada and Italy, France, that kind of thing. Uh, oh, effortless. Effortless. Yeah. Okay. Cultured. Cultured. All right. Canada and Asia. Concentrated. Concentrated. In Asia. All right. So on the show, we talk a lot about uh, mentors and books. As you could tell by my, this is not even my full I love book this. collection. I'm like, I like that one. That one. Yeah, Deepak Chopra is super deep. That's Sal. Shout out yeah. to Sal. Yeah. Uh, big fan of Deepak over there. And uh, so we really like books. There's mm -hmm. books over here. There's books on my desk up over there. There's a list of books over here. I, back at my office, covered in my car, in my washroom, on the floor of my bedroom. There's books everywhere. And that's kind of how you get mentors in a way that you can't actually talk to. But mm -hmm. also mentors in real life. So has there been somebody or... That you've, ever, that you've ever met in person or through reading a book that has influenced you the most over your life, who would it be? I want to say I've had like a series of people that I've really looked up to. Um, when I kind of started trying this out and trying to take it seriously, um, I really looked to like different people who've done the same thing. Right now, currently, like I listen to a ton of podcasts for that exact reason. Yeah constantly staying inspired, hearing people's stories of people who are doing the same thing you did or, you know, are lonely, are struggling and are experiencing similar emotions and being able to relate to that. And then, you know, it kind of gets you out of that like rut and you're like, wait, I can do this today. Like right. I can get back onto this. Like they did it. Look at them now. Is there somebody that is, that kind of sticks out to you right now in your life? I mean, I have like a couple friends who are very, successful in the businesses that they've started and whenever I have questions I go to them and one of them started a um, company for like digital influencers and it's kind of based on that so getting input on someone who kind of has had the experience working in a similar field as I am but then seeing me grow a brand out of that and actually doing it um, I think is inspiring to like hear his opinion being like wow I'm actually proud you did it everyone says they're gonna do it and then they just yeah. don't so true so like and then I've also reached out to other people who I kind of want to per, um, pursue as mentors but I'm a little afraid because I've reached out to them once and it's been good but we've gone on a call but then I don't want to like waste their time so I'm trying to like really figure out how to properly approach people who I want to be my mentors it's tough because if they don't have a financial a lot of people get mentors through like their boss or like manager or something if they don't have a financial stake in you how do you keep you know, like you said, wasting their time, you know. But a lot of people do just like older people particularly love giving back because they've done their thing. Now they're looking to like kind of give back to other people. Yeah. Like a lot of my mentors are just older people that, you know, see a part of them in me when they were younger and they kind of just like like having lunch with me once a quarter or something like that. But yeah. it is tough. Yeah, it's tough for sure. But What's a good podcast or book that you've recently listened to? Um, I would say... For influencers, the influencer podcast is really good. It's called the influencer podcast. The influencer podcast, yeah, she um, does a really great job. I forget her name right now, but she has people come on um, and talk about their experiences, 
And then she also gives advice on how to grow your personal brand, how to learn how to pitch, because pitching is something that's huge. As an entrepreneur in the digital and creative space, you need to learn how to like sell yourself because no one's helping you. Mm -hmm. And you don't really have a brand backing you up other than the one that you create for yourself. Um, and then another one that I really like, or another two that I really like, um, are the Almost 30 podcasts and Second Life. So oh, love second. And life. when you said second life, I'm like, oh, she definitely listens to the yeah. podcast. But they're all about, you know, they're all inspiring in a way and very informational as well, um, because they share people's experiences, and that kind of helps you cope and yeah. and, and gain, uh, cope with yours and kind of learn. How about you, Danielle? Any one um, person that has made a big impact in you? I think podcasts are a great way now in the digital age anyone can really be a mentor so I mean podcasts are a great way to kind of dive deeper into that as well as books um, for me someone that because you know someone that kind of sticks out is I've been uh, I listened to a podcast with Tim Grover and I love his kind of view on resilience and I think that's a really key factor in any entrepreneur is you know keep on going um, if you feel passionate about it just keep on going and you'll eventually get there um, you'll hear no and also, eventually yeah yeah you'll yeah I mean like the thing is is that I think I, I was also I think this is not my own original thought but I think I heard this in a podcast it's like that's the struggle is or maybe even it was Tim Grover that said it um, you know the struggle is you know people a lot of people become entrepreneurs but only the people with resilience are successful and I mean that we can dive deeper into like what is success and all of those things but you know that that's the key to it um, I also love Second Life and, and that's to say that you know it's never too late to start a new path it's never too late to Maybe I think the key is using the um, success, using the lessons and all of the failures that you have overcome or have gone through and apply them to what you're trying to do now is um, the key. True, especially when you said that entrepreneurs, usually the weird reason why entrepreneurs fail is because they just, at some point for whatever reason, some are valid reasons, yeah. they give yeah. up, whether that's financial or yeah. whatever the case is, but... It doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter how talented you are. Mm -hmm. If you could do it for like 20 years, most people, most, yeah. some people are just, you know, they should give up. But if you do something for like 10 years, 20 years, you will break out and you for will sure. have your moment to capitalize on, right? Yeah. But a lot of people, they stop for whatever reason, men mental grit or financial reasons, family yeah. reasons, three, five years in, and that's just not long enough. Right. If you do it for long enough, you will have your shot. I believe that. Actually, it was the po that that's what I, I remembered. It was the podcast that Almost we listened done. to when we were getting ready with the Skinny Confidential and yeah. Tim. So he, what he was saying was, you know, if you're that you saying no is putting a time limit on on your um, venture, mm -hmm. and there shouldn't be one. You know, you should just keep on going, and um, it never stops. You should, you know, always keep on learning, always keep on growing. And surround something we were also discussing is always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. Yeah, I never. Yeah, I strongly um, believe that, and like always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you who, and who you can learn from, and just like taking that into my business with like my brand. I'm like, I know I'm not the best at everything, and I know I'm not the best at most of the things. So I'm like eager to like be able to hire people and like to have people who I can work with because I'm someone who likes to work with people and feed my ideas off of them and I do better and I'm more successful when I have that opportunity so mm -hmm. yeah always surround yourself with people who are better than you and also remember that you're a product of your environment and like if you want to become someone or something make sure you're hanging around the right people who are going to help you achieve that because as much as like you want to you know be nice to everyone and be friends with everyone like you really have to pick and choose sometimes if you have a like streamline goal in mind. Yeah, it's also harder than it seems. Like, it is. yeah, it you is. know. So, I mean, always keeping that in mind. Um, the reason why I have Alfio and Mark and Chris and like because they're all smarter than me. 
at the things that they yeah, do. Yeah, oh, and learn how to delegate and learn how to task. I could not be able to do the things that I'm doing right now yeah. without these guys. Mm -hmm. And I'm so like grateful for them. Like being with Alfio, he's taught me a shit ton. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, though, I've helped him to be a little bit more of a ruthless capitalist as well. <laughs> because, you know, we feed off of each other like that. Yeah. Okay, before I wrap up, where can people find you online? Um, all things coveted on Instagram and then I'll also plug uh, Saturday Social TO so we're launching our Instagram at Saturday Social TO uh, and website www.saturdaysocialdo.com uh, that Perfect. was a tongue twister <laughs> and then you can find me on We Are Living Art on Instagram and as well as on YouTube and my website at Christina Pittum and then I have my brand, Lorena Bodysuits, which is at Lorena.ca, L-A-R-E-Y-N-A.ca, if you guys want to shop the new collection. Perfect. All right, last question I'm going to ask you. What I've realized, I've been working in like banking and financial services for the last 10 years now, and what I've realized is that people are really heavy in a certain industry. They see things that everyone else takes for granted. Like a friend of mine is an electrician, and he like tells me about how just to get these lights, like all the wires that are inside the walls that I don't even know about. I just oh, go who's and, that friend? And Michael, Michael, a good friend of mine, Michael. And mm -hmm. uh, I just go and flick on a switch and these lights turn on, you know? But I don't know all the things that go into getting power into this uh, place and getting the lights turned on, right? Mm -hmm. So I like meeting people that are masters of the craft, they're in different industries, and hearing about the types of things that they know about that other people don't. So, long question short. If there was one thing that you wish other people would know that you know, what would that be? Um, Who wants to go first? And when you answer that question, look right into the camera over here. Okay. And you can go ahead and tell everybody that certain thing. Okay, I actually have one okay, that's not specific to fashion. Okay, go. It's for productivity. Um, what I like to do is write down, write down, okay, write down the tasks that you need to complete and prioritize them. Um, so that you know exactly what you need to accomplish in a day and I would advise or at least what I do is I don't put more than like three or four main things because it can overwhelm you mm -hmm. so if you get those three tasks done it will set you up for the next day to complete the next three tasks so that's what I like to do um, I don't know if that's something that that's people amazing. don't know but so many people have yeah. a big to-do list and mm -hmm. it like it which one should I do first and they go after the easy ones like, first and yeah. the harder ones later and then they don't get to the hard yeah. ones if you have a list of just three big things that you want to do yeah very key and I you like could that. also like divide them into micro but like three macro things yeah yeah I um, like that all right how about you um okay I'm gonna say I think knowing who like you are and how you project yourself and like engage with other people is one of the most important things that you could learn and that would be self-awareness so just being aware of like how you talk to people how you engage why you do certain things and constantly asking yourself like why you act a certain way and like why you do the things you do instead of just like floating through life and just living and doing whatever so just like I think analyzing yourself is super important because if you can learn to like analyze yourself and your actions ultimately you'll be able to understand everyone else better and engage with everyone in a better way that this one is bonus question just for a little bit for me and the guys watching okay. right what in what is one of the most important things on a guy's fashion <laughs> Like, I've heard the shoes is so okay. important. I've heard the haircut. I've heard, you know, what is it about, what would you, one piece of advice you'd give myself even for, like, fashion, guys' fashion? I'm going to say it's not about what you're wearing. It's about how you're wearing it. So confidence. Mm -hmm. Don't, like, slouch your shoulders. Don't feel insecure about what you're wearing. If you're wearing, like, a hoodie and you're confident, it's going to be so, so so much sexier than a guy wearing a suit who's kind of like, oh, like mm. I don't know what's going on. Wow, that is great. So that's definitely okay. what I would say. Danielle? Yeah. I would say there is a chicness to effortlessness. Hmm. Yes. So, um, you know, basing off of that, I do agree with that. But I also think that if you're trying too hard um, in fashion, it's a no. So keeping it simple, keeping it... F and also find your style and stick to it like if you're the street guy do be the street guy mm -hmm. don't like and then obviously if you have to dress up you know put on a suit but if your like your thing is kind of like Americana suit 
you know, you you're like... saying me personally. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I have a style. I, I'm trying to learn this in my head right now, so I could go. Well, I mean, you wear blazers and and button ups. That's I do. your style. Like yep. I can't imagine you came in here today with like a hoodie and. Yeah, like I can't imagine that. It's this is your style, True. right? So right. I mean, you have to own your style and be confident in your style, and and um, yeah, that's. Thank you both so much. That's the tea on that. This has been a very interesting uh, podcast, very different than all the other ones that we've done for a lot of reasons, uh, particularly the topic and both of you. So thank you for coming out. Much love. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. This is What They Did Not Teach You in School. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Wise Investor. Until next time. This is What They Did Not Teach You in School. We hope to see you soon. <laughs>